With a credit strategy launch in the works and its largest private equity fund to date ready to deploy, what's on the mind of Italy-headquartered sustainability-focused asset manager Ambienta? How is the firm weighing up potential new deals and exit opportunities? And what's next for the GP? We'll be discussing all this and more in conversation with Fabio Rangino, partner and head of sustainability and strategy at Ambienta, in today's episode of the Unquote Private Equity Podcast. Hello, listener, and welcome to this new episode of the Unquote Private Equity Podcast. My name's Harriet Matthews. I'm funds editor at Merger Market and Unquote, and I'll be your host for today. We've got an in-conversation episode for you today, a series where we hear from leading private equity practitioners with deep dives into their current outlook and priorities. Today, we'll be hearing from Ambientus Fabio Rangino, as well as taking the time to gauge Fabio's outlook on deal-making and exits in the current market. We also spoke about where the firm's strategy fits into current thinking about sustainability, impact, and ESG. Now, this in itself could have made for a whole podcast, but he had some interesting insights on how this area is developing and will develop in future. And with a credit strategy in the works, plus a 1.55 billion euro private equity fund to deploy, we also spoke about how Ambienta itself is developing and what the next stage of its growth might look like. I hope you enjoy the conversation. And with that, Let's take a listen to the interview. Fabio, welcome to the Unquote Private Equity Podcast. Thanks very much for taking the time to speak to me. Thank you very much for having me here. Yes, no, no problem at all. Now, just to give our listeners a bit of context um, in terms of Ambienta's recent activity, we're speaking at a time following which you've um, just announced the kind of finalization of the, the deployment in terms of new investments from your third fund with the acquisition of um, Grupo Spaggiari, Parma, um, education software provider. Sorry for my pronunciation there to you, Fabio, and any Italian listeners as well. And uh, obviously, you've also just announced... Um, or sort of fairly recently, the first investment from your 1.55 billion euro fresh fund for with the acquisition of plastic recycling business um, Previero. So sort of bearing all this in mind, um, I wanted to start off by asking you a bit about your kind of current market outlook for your private equity strategy. Um, Where are you sort of spending most of your time at the moment? Where are you seeing opportunities? Yes, thank you, Harriet. So um, at the moment, uh, out of our four offices uh, in uh, in Europe, uh, uh, we are continuing uh, l- seeing uh, uh, a good pipeline, despite the the market environment and uh, and um, some concerns about uh, possible economic downturn, and uh, we are also seeing uh, very good companies. Overall, uh, so the performances of the assets that we are uh, assessing at the moment uh, um, are fairly good, or at least as as good as uh, they were um, uh, last year. So we don't uh, uh, see generally this uh, this downturn, and uh, that might be somehow linked to the fact that uh, um, the companies that we are looking at. So the companies whose products and services uh, contribute to environmental sustainability are um, uh, somehow shielded 
by possible downturns and that's uh, because of uh, of what they're doing and the fact that uh, across the different industries the interest for this kind of product and services uh, has, uh, has not declined has rather uh, increased over time and uh, increased uh, and uh, expanded in terms of geographic reach so these products and services can tend to be requested and required uh, even outside Europe um, Europe obviously has a leading position with respect of uh, on the transition, on the uh, role of government in pushing an higher bar across uh, multiple sectors, the sectors from buildings to agriculture to from recycling to renewable energy, and uh, and I can continue mentioning others. But um, so the current market outlook is, is positive, and we see these in the pipeline and in the portfolio of our portfolio companies, which uh, um, are generally very, very healthy. And we see it in the portfolio companies of the private equity, but we also see it uh, through our um, public market division, which uh, um, Ambienta beyond the private equity has other asset classes and other areas of investment, public markets, and soon to come a private equity, a private credit strategy. and. Um, Despite the collapse in uh, multiples on the public market side, um, our um, portfolios recorded in the last 12 uh, months a double-digit growth of EPS average across the portfolio on the public market, which obviously on the industrial side, uh, I like the fact that the companies are healthy. Are able to grow, grow their margins, and deliver shareholder value. So, so we remain positive, and we see opportunities across multiple industries, uh, and uh, even uh, taking consideration possible slowdown, maybe uh, versus maybe peak activities in 2022, like for instance in building and construction uh, uh, materials, which is an area of interest for uh, of ours. Uh, uh, the growth is still there for some companies and maybe will not that big uh, be as strong as 2022 but still uh, significantly out of performing any gdp metrics that you can see around so you're still confident of of being able to deploy your your fourth fund but with that selectivity i guess based on some of your investment themes right around resource efficiency uh, pollution control those are the kind of two main ones for the pe strategy in any case right definitely I wonder if the the size of deals that you also do sort of mitigates some of the the problems you're sort of hinting at being there elsewhere in in the market. Yes, size and also somehow our strategy, which tends to have a very significant share of primary transactions, so transaction with entrepreneurs, which might be might require a longer term, longer time frame to finalize. Uh, uh, and um, might be somehow relationship-wise a bit tougher to handle, but that's what has, we have been doing for 15 years and uh, represent almost two-thirds of what we do. Uh, these enable us uh, um, the size and these uh, to, for instance, um, being a bit less exposed to areas of the market, secondary transactions that have been uh, 
um, maybe that, that suffer, for instance, of tightening of credit transition uh, of credit conditions much more than this kind of deals, which tend to be not that levered. Uh, um, so is um, um, this probably is uh, helping us a bit as well? Yes. And on the exit side, obviously, um, you know, any firm with a private equity strategy needs to be putting its capital to work into the ground for its LPs in terms of new deals. But exits are particularly important as well, especially when distributions um, have been a bit lower to LPs just due to the kind of challenges around selling companies um, over the last year or so, I suppose, in in particular, just like thinking about the macro context and, and increasingly the kind of, um, you know, adjusting to the issues around the cost of capital and, and debt. So it would be good to understand as well a little bit, Fabio, about how Ambienta is thinking about making exits at the moment, sort of thinking about the potential um, buyers and, and exit routes that are out there for your portfolio companies. Yeah. So when we, um, obviously, when we look at an, an investment and we, before making an investment, we make up our mind what are on uh, what uh, is more likely to emerge as the preferred exit strategy for uh, that specific uh, um, project. And uh, because we see our investments uh, as project, uh, what we build in the first place, what we buy in the first place, how we will develop the company over the years, how it would look like in our view to be to become more uh, strategic and relevant uh, uh, and therefore attractive uh, four or five years uh, down uh, down the road. And uh, and this has never changed and is not changing uh, these days. So we tend to invest in type of uh, projects which tend to attract a significant share of trade buyers. So is uh, historical uh, data would tell that um, we tend to sell to trade buyers that find a strategic interest uh, into our asset uh, uh, in our portfolio and. Uh, and we do not expect this to change that much. Maybe there will be uh, a larger share of uh, financial sponsor buying our assets, but uh, not, not necessarily that relevant industry-wise because we are starting from a very low point. I think we less than 10% of what we sold over the years ended up into being bought by a financial sponsor. Uh, nevertheless, the last exit that uh, was um, um, concluded a few days ago was an exit to a financial uh, to to a financial sponsor. So it it, it can happen. Um, what is the our outlook? Our current outlook for our portfolio in terms of exit is, uh, uh, I would say, a bit mixed, but not in the sense that we are negative. Uh, but just in the sense that is not a priority for us today because uh, of a, a mix of planning and luck, because obviously we were not expecting uh, uh, the breakout of the Ukrainian war last year and so on. Um, but at the moment, uh, uh, we have almost completely divested uh, Fund 2, which uh, holds one, uh, only one more portfolio company, which... Uh, uh, we had already planned in 2021 to keep for some years. So it's not 
going to exit soon. And then the remaining part, uh, and then the rest of the portfolio companies, which are primarily fund uh, three investments, uh, are really in the early days, if not in the middle of their uh, journey that we had planned for them. So we, uh, for all of them, there are still a lot of things to be done. Uh, and, uh, and so none of them were planned to be exited in the, in the next uh, 12 uh, months from now. So we, we don't have an urgency there. Then maybe if the good opportunity shows up and uh, someone is really interested in uh, in one of our portfolio company, that obviously can always happen. Um, but at this point in time where we think that overall for the market, uh, the exit environment has become a bit tougher um, because uh, of tightening credit condition, dry up of fundraising uh, that has started in 2000 in mid 2022 because of uh, the denominator effect that all uh, uh, LPs uh, are suffering and that uh, forced them to reduce a bit allocations to private markets um this uh, well uh, is affecting the exit environment but we are in the good position not to have uh, any um urgency to to sell any of our assets and to have uh, many things to to do uh, with all of them so no major changes in terms both in our exit strategy and for uh, for the portfolio at the moment of course and can i ask what's the uh, the final portfolio company in fund two um just to kind of put that in context for our listeners is a is a company called pb plus as a manufacturer of uh, um, sustainable packaging solutions for the cosmetic industry. And, you know, speaking of uh, sustainability, um, of course, that's a kind of key tenet of Ambienta's strategy. Um, and you've been with Ambienta, I believe, since 2011. So you've obviously seen how that has evolved. There's a lot of interest around, um, you know, this this area of investing. Um, sort of more generalist sponsors are certainly building it more into their value creation strategies. Um, and I just wonder where you see kind of what Ambienta does fitting into this uh, sort of broad, you know, sustainability ESG impact theme. Um, it's a big, big question, um, but it would be good to to hear a bit more from you about that. Yeah. So um, obviously, yes. We, we do fit into this, uh, broader and, uh, uh, sophisticated and uh, ever evolving definition of, uh, sustainable investment, the, um, by multiple reason and, um, having worked, uh, over these for the last 12 years and um, when when i joined uh, ambient and having grown uh, into a partner of the firm i've seen the entire evolution from uh, the old days in the early uh, years of the last decade where um, investing sustainable in sustainable things was not perceived uh, as a cool thing 
but rather the opposite, rather detrimental to returns, but because uh, on one side, sustainability was perceived more as a cost rather than as an opportunity to, to companies. And also because many investors got burned in the clean tech bubble um, after the, 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 that burst after the great financial crisis. So I remember in that point in time, that wasn't cool uh, at all. Then um, we have been able to navigate those rough waters back there, demonstrate that our strategy could deliver above market rate returns in the uh, asset uh, class or top quartile if not top decile uh, returns in our private equity strategy alongside measurable environmental impact and we have seen uh, uh, how the interest of lps because of uh, our achievements but also growing evidence is that investing sustainably whatever it means, and we can uh, comment a bit about that, can unlock um, at least market rate returns, if not uh, some alpha over market rate uh, returns. And this has pushed uh, an ever-growing amount of capital into the sector and has obviously attracted the interest of uh, uh, the juggernauts of the industries, the uh, the, the large uh, managers across asset classes. Uh, I was at the Global Impact Summit uh, speaking uh, um, last week in London, and uh, um, now there is a credit impact credit on uh, on the agenda, and 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 we have and we are just on the uh, on the verge of launching uh, our own uh, um, credit strategy. So, um. LPs look at this as a, an opportunity that can uh, navigate safely um, in a moment of uncertainty where uh, other areas of the economy might be weaker because the fundamental trends um, look very solid um, on uh, from the outside. Then each player in the industry, both at the LP and GP side, uh, is developing a bit of its own uh, strategy and its own definition of what investing sustainably means. And, um, and so is, um, in some cases, uh, it's more about having a sophisticated and well-developed ESG integration strategy that could be potentially applicable to almost, uh, asset classes. Is it, and this is a bit the entry bar, uh, for sustainable investing and, in, uh, to us is more about having a, an ESG value creation tool in your toolkit as an investor, rather than anything more than this. Um, but that is um, the bottom end of investing sustainably. And at the um, top end, there is the traditional impact investing, which we had been associated with, but we don't, we tend not to define ourselves as impact investors um, because we do invest in things that have an impact. Uh, but we are born as a, as a finance first and a return first investor. So we have always uh, highlighted and we continue to highlight to LPs that um, we believe that are the companies that we invest in deliver an impact and we report on the impact that they deliver. Um, but our main driver is the, the, to deliver top tier financial returns. So we... 
we do not completely believe in the common and somehow common argument that is uh, appearing here and there in the debate about that do not compromise um, argument so that the a certain spa- area of this space there is no compromise in uh, between uh, financial and uh, um, impact returns because we do believe that uh, even the CEO uh, of a solar panel manufacturer sometimes can face a trade-off between selling one more panel and deliver the highest possible financial return. So as as an open debate, and um, I think it will continue to attract an extremely uh, uh, growing amount of interest from LPs as uh, investment strategies uh, um, will prove uh, the ability to to deliver returns and reinforce conviction that um, this can be uh, an area of uh, satisfaction from uh, LP's perspective. And given the amount of new ventures coming in the market, both established firms and brought uh, and both first-time team, first-time funds across strategy that are coming on the market these days. In five years' times, we might have another interview and uh, try to summarize what would be the evidences of uh, a first um, full cycle of uh, many more managers and strategies and asset classes investing sustainably and. Um, I hope for our interest as citizens of this world that many of them will be successful. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think this is a really interesting time for these kinds of strategies, as as you've said, sort of approaching or sort of somewhat in another crisis again. We'll we'll look back in about five years and work out where we were in that sort of cycle, I suppose. Um, but yeah, it it is a big question, sort of how and whether LPs will keep committing sort of behind these themes or whether they'll kind of, um, you know, shrink back a bit. Um, but it sounds like, you know, Ambienta considers itself first and foremost, you know, it's about the kind of, um, you need to make sure you're still generating good returns. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. It will be really interesting to look back and see how this plays out with more market players, um, because there's a risk inherent in that as well, I suppose, with a kind of emerging team or emerging manager. I think that is very important because ultimately capital gets allocated uh, where the returns are. Okay, and especially if we talk about big capital. And uh, what has happened is that these kind of strategies have been able to demonstrate that, yes, you can get returns. If now in this new cycle, the overall industry is going to make too many mistakes, maybe it would impair possible future growth uh, five years down the road. I, but I think I tend to lean on the, on the positive uh, side overall, despite I see some areas of risk uh, here and some possible sources of mistakes. But overall, I'm I'm confident and positive. Yes, I think there's, um, I've I've sort of said or thought this before, but private equity generally has a lot to prove at the moment around um, the the returns it makes um, with the cost of capital going up. And of course, then there's the whole sustainability theme. So um, yeah, I think it's a, it's a fascinating time to be involved in this space. 
Turning back to kind of Ambienta, maybe the bigger picture for for Ambienta, um, you've mentioned the credit strategy. I think that was announced in in February, and obviously, kind of launching is is coming coming up. I guess. What are the next kind of stages that that you see on on Ambienta's growth and development in terms of you know asset class expansion, in terms of new hires, geographical presence, anything you can kind of share with me on on that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, first of all, uh, our investment uh, strategy um, is was conceptually created uh, to be applicable with the right investors toolkit to any kind of asset class, because uh, we believe and uh, have uh, created uh, the private equity strategy first on the simple fact that products and services that contribute to environmental sustainability sooner or later, and with a different adoption pace across sectors, technologies, and geographies are deemed to succeed in the long term, simply because we cannot sustain uh, Western style consumption patterns with the planet that we have. And so, and with the industrial and uh, the economy, the type of economy and the externalities that we have created over uh, after 200 years uh, since the industrial revolution is as simple as that. And obviously you can use the, and then you can mm, define how you would like to play this uh, consideration in terms of risk return profiles. Can be on the public market side, can be on the private market, in the alternatives uh, via an infrastructure strategy, via private equity strategy, a more growth oriented, a private equity minority. It's just is the financial product that has to be engineered and managed by the right people with the right toolkit, on which my team internally has the duty to add uh, the understanding of the overall industrial trend of that specific trend and making sure that the product and the services are actually contributed to environmental sustainability. So we don't risk to incur in um, greenwashing or sometimes not really washing is bit more as being uh, overselling your contribution to, to environmental sustainability. I don't want to, um, to, to finger point anyone. Uh, sometimes commercial statements are <laughs> go a bit beyond, uh, what, uh, reality is and, uh, not necessarily is, is, is greenwashing. Having said this, um, the long-term objective of the firm, uh, to, to become uh, a point of reference, at least in Europe for, uh, um, investment in environmental uh, sustainability trends remains, and we will continue to develop products uh, and uh, asset classes uh, beyond uh, um, private equity and public markets, um, which are the two that are established, and beyond credit, which is the focus of, uh, of the year, this year. But this cannot happen without investing into the infrastructure. And so the more midterm priority that is running in parallel of all of these is team IRIS and consolidation of the organization to support the launch 
of each individual asset class, which then becomes a startup within the broader um, ambienta environment. And because of these team hires is the true, real, and um, and HR matters in general are the true is the true priority firm wide across all departments being in the on the investment side or in one asset classes or in all corporate uh, department as mine or administration legal and and compliance. So today, uh, Ambienta has reached um, a bit more than eighty people. If I have the uh, last number correct in mind and uh, there will be a few more joining by year end and uh, it amazes me uh, if i think five years back uh, how how many people have uh, have joined uh, but that is not finished all these new people that will uh, that will join the next 12 18 months will be will be critical to support our future growth which would definitely uh, and um, encompass um, other asset classes, but may also involve the growth of the existing ones, because obviously there is no limit uh, on the public market side on uh, the type of product and strategies that you that you can develop uh, by thematic geography and uh, also asset classes, uh, including some more bonds which are just marginally included in our current product portfolio, or similarly on the private equity side, because. Uh, now we have a, a 1.5 billion fund, which obviously geared us, uh, gear us towards certain um, size of transaction and size of companies. But we continue to see also a deal flow that is hard to tackle for us with such a large fund. And uh, but um, on markets that we understand very well and that uh, we had been investing in the past. So even uh, a small size, uh, the private equity vehicle targeting. Uh, more smaller companies could be something conceivable uh, for us. Um, we have a long list, a long menu. We have not picked the next plate yet um, because we are we have, we have a, a relevant one in the kitchen now, which is credit. <laughs> yeah, I see. So waiting for that to sort of come to come to fruition. More, more to to come. It sounds like. Um, and uh, yeah, I can see um, there's there's clearly potential. It's a kind of track um, sponsors or GPs follow, I suppose. When you have a larger fund, um, you can then kind of go go back to look at smaller deals as well. Um, the small cap space, I suppose, is one that many people say is sort of un untapped, um, or certainly there's more more to go in terms of the potential. Yeah, is uh, it, it, the curse of private equity, you know, and somehow you are forced uh, as much as you are successful, you are a bit forced and pushed to to grow bigger and you see the opportunity to do that and uh, make sense for everybody, for LPs and GPs to, to grow bigger. But then obviously you, you, you start seeing that uh, uh, you're missing out on the, on the previous o o opportunity and uh, that remains an opportunity and there are uh, firms around the market that have already done this in uh, in, in the past it, it wouldn't be anything particularly fancy or or innovative i have to say yeah but it sounds like a you know a sort of logical development and i guess within that um kind of alignment um and, and culture is important you know for for you and, and your colleagues but also for any lps considering investing right Definitely. <laughs> 
Well, it's been fascinating speaking to you, um, Fabio, and, and really interesting to hear um, more about kind of uh, where Ambienta is, is headed. So thank you very much for your time and thanks for joining me on the podcast. And thank you, listener, for tuning in. If you like the podcast, then please don't forget to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll see you again in the next episode.